Um, I think it's supposed to be live. Is it? We don't know. Welcome to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic show for you today. There's tons of good news. There is good news. GPUs, they're finally coming down in price. Okay, I don't know if this is good news, depending on who you are, because it's all caused by a big cryptocurrency crackdown in China. I I was trying to get that alliteration going. Cryptocurrency crackdown in China. China. It's it's okay. It's close enough. Also, there is a big right to repair executive order that is being cracked down in the United States of America. So that's really exciting for a lot of electronics enthusiasts, even though it's not necessarily directly applicable to us. What else we got today? Other good good news, the Google Play Store is under fire. That's fantastic. Also, uh, there's some... What is this, by the way? Uh, what is what? Oh, my, my new, new house, house challenges. Yeah. Um, it's like bold and highlighted in red, so it sounds like an exciting topic, but oh, I don't know what man. it is. I, it's there's a lot of challenges. There's challenges with the new house. Okay, so for anyone who knows smart thermostats, all right, here's a preview for the challenges. Every thermostat okay. in the house has only two conductors to it. So if you know smart thermostats, you know that could be problematic for me. All right, let's go ahead and roll that intro. Okay. All right, why don't we jump right into our first topic of the day. GPU prices finally, finally starting to stabilize, like I said they would. Uh, After multiple crackdowns by the Chinese government, crypto prices have been tanking, and as they do, they've been bringing GPU prices right down with them. So China's ongoing fight against crypto um, on account of, well, a power consumption and environmental concerns. Ha ha ha. I think so. Ha ha. Just kidding. Uh, I mean, they are concerns. It can put a significant load on the power grid. But I think the bigger one is that this is something that the CCP cannot control. And so obviously they're not a big fan of that. So their ongoing fight against crypto has resulted in mining firms shutting down altogether in some cases, either by government order or fear of prosecution. So as a result, miners are trying to claw back some of what they paid for their now useless mining cards. So here is where the gamers kind of get to do a victory lap because I'll let you guys in on a little secret. When GPU prices are hyperinflated, Miners also have to pay hyperinflated pricing. So when they don't get a return on that investment, ultimately that is right out of the pocket of miners. So, yes. hey, this is, it's, it's like what I said would happen. Eventually, the tables will turn and gamers will be benefiting from cheap GPUs and miners will be losing money. In fact, so many used GPUs are flooding the market that used pricing has come down, not just to MSRP, but even dipped below due to the sheer excess in supply. Now, that's not everywhere, okay? Region by region, pricing has been behaving differently. And in North America, 
There have been dips, but not to the same extent as what they've seen in China. So the good news, though, is that if miners are selling rather than buying, that is going to have a trickle-down effect on other regions. So think about it this way, right? There's a, there's a, a number of wafers, right, that NVIDIA has booked. They're going to make X right. number of GPUs come hell or high water because they actually have to book this stuff months or in some cases even years in advance in order to get, to get allocation from TSMC or Samsung or any of the fabs that still exists. Um, so what happens then is they've got this fixed amount that they have to they have to build. Now, what you would normally see, and this is NVIDIA's typical go-to-market strategy, is they would start with the highest uh, margin silicon. So that's going to be their professional products like their Tesla cards, their, uh, I guess they don't call them quadros anymore. So I don't know, A-series, RTX A-series. Um, and then, of course, their high-end consumer and prosumer cards like, you know, your Titans. They don't have a Titan right now, but you guys get the point. Your Titans, your RTX 80s and 90s, stuff like that. Then what happens is the demand for those starts to taper off a little bit because, believe it or not, there's a finite number of people in the world that need a $1,500 graphics card. Eventually, they will just all have one. And you got to start making stuff that is a little bit more affordable. So they take that, they take that wafer... And instead of slicing it up, at, you know, into, let's say, 100 pieces, they'll slice it up into 500 pieces. And these are smaller, uh, less performant GPUs. And then they go and they integrate those into cards. And that's going to be your, you know, your 60 series or your 50 Ti or whatever the case may be. That just kind of didn't happen this time around because there was absolutely no incentive to do it whatsoever. So there was no pressure. In fact, there was upward pressure on pricing because there was just this this utterly unmeetable demand for these high-end GPUs. So what's happening here now is we're seeing that... So right, so that's what's normally supposed to make GPUs more affordable is they've got to ultimately produce GPUs and they're going to produce these more affordable ones in order to hit the mass market so they can sell way, way, way more volume of them even if it's at a lower margin. So now we're seeing a bit of a different effect on what's going to happen to GPU pricing. So instead of miners in China buying these GPUs, they are now selling them. So what that means is all these GPUs that, remember guys, they're making anyway because it's, they're not that nimble. They can't just on a dime go, no. oh, crypto fell Roadmap's today. Advanced. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crypto fell today. So we're going to make 30 we're going to make a 3050 instead. It takes a little while to, to ramp these things up. So what's going to happen is they're going to have this, this glut of, of chips. And that's not a huge problem. You know, a company like NVIDIA has enough cash on hand that they can, they can have a buildup of supply for a little bit. And they can, just, they can just hold that, right? That's not going to put a, an enormous financial strain on them. But it might look bad on their books. So you might start to see them go, oh, okay, we need to get a little bit more aggressive. So they might start to bring back things like game bundles so they can increase sales to uh, alleviate some of, that, some of that excess supply. And that's a global thing. So even though the, uh, the supply might only be excess in China, where people are going to start buying these used GPUs instead of buying new ones, that's going to affect their overall supply of these GPUs. And it's going to mean that they have to get more creative about moving them elsewhere in the world. And it's going to be a delayed reaction 
because it takes time, but we should see pricing start to go down around the world. That was not the best explanation of how these different pressures uh, affect each other, but whatever. This is live and I'm doing my best. You guys, believe me, I'm doing my best. Um, so blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. It sorry, hasn't completely, it, 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 like prices are going to be coming down. We've already seen them coming down a little bit. Locally, we still have 3070s up on Craigslist for like $1,600. Yeah. Um, so and we're, we're not out of the woods yet. But so that's another incredible. leg though. That's another leg mm. that I didn't talk about. So remember how NVIDIA might have this pressure from holding inventory and they're going to try and pull every lever other than dropping the price before they pull dropping the price, right? So you want to get game bundles or you want to do shipping right. offers yeah. or you want to do combo deals. Combo deals are a big one manufacturers love because they can provide an incentive to the user to buy, but they don't actually have to drop the price and make whoever bought it yesterday feel like a, a big sucker, right? So they'll, right. They'll, they want to pull all these other levers. So any, any local seller is going to hope they can find someone who doesn't know prices are going down. They're going to pull every lever they can other than dropping the price. And that's why online marketplaces like an eBay, for example, will tend to show, they'll tend to reflect this downward pricing pressure faster than something like a, like a Craigslist where you might have a less um, in tune clientele. Um, that's the same reason why right. you might walk into like a little mom and pop computer shop and they'll have some GPU from two generations ago sitting on the shelf for what the MSRP was four years ago, right? Uh, so if they're the only computer shop in Vernon, BC or something like that, and someone desperately needs a GPU because they were at a LAN and they can't play any video games and they don't, they can't get overnight shipping and they're going to miss out or whatever, they might buy it. Right. So the, the more limited your buyer's options are, uh, the better the chance that you can keep your price high. So we're going to see this downward pressure, but it is going to take some time. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, we've also got people in the chat saying that they've seen eBay prices go down, um, like eBay listings go down in price by the day over the last little bit. So that's pretty interesting. Yep. You'll also see a lot of sellers that are going to try and pull their listings and not let them sell at a lower price to try to to try to prop it up, try to prop it up, try and make people think that the, that there's, oh, there's still really high demand and not enough supply, but don't fall for it. Right now, today, right. it's probably the worst time to buy a GPU in the last two years. Because at least if you bought a GPU six months ago and you paid an obscene price for it, you could have been mining Ethereum on it overnight, like over the course of the winter and made back a ton of that money, assuming you sold. <gasps> um, anyway, I'm just saying right now, while when that GPU is gonna, it's kind of like buying a, a new car that's like, you know, it's about to suffer some kind of catastrophic recall or something that's going to tank its value. So when you drive off the lot, you don't lose 10%. You lose like 40% of its value. Don't buy a GPU today, especially not at scalper prices yeah. because it's coming, guys. It's finally happening. Um, so, okay. Okay. You know what? Anthony's got some really great notes in here. Apparently, the, uh, the energy factor of cryptocurrency is, plays a larger role than I realized. And they are facing a, an energy crisis right now with ongoing rolling blackouts. Now, I did kind of roll my eyes when I talked about environmental concerns. I still am not convinced that they care that much about that. But, I mean, not having people's uh, houses and businesses have power, that's definitely a big problem. Uh, yes, so for sure. Chinese authorities are placing the blame primarily on exceptionally high demand as well as routine maintenance. And this tracks with the crackdowns 
Uh, there's apparently a coal shortage as well, combined with the reactivation of heavy industry as COVID recovery picks up speed. So it's seriously complicated the power situation. Uh, likely they want to prioritize manufacturing over everything else, keeping Chinese manufacturers afloat. I could see that. And yeah, so that's pretty much it. I mean, it's all it's all good news. Luke, can you think of anything negative about GPU pricing getting getting back to normal? I love it. I'm I'm thrilled. Not not for us. Yeah, not not for our our section. If you if you were heavily invested, I could see this being a very frustrating time. But um, yeah, you had for to us, know it was going to come though. Like hopefully there was a lot of writing on the wall. Yeah. You know, well, there's writing on the wall every time. I mean, it, crypto boom bust, boom bust, boom bust, boom bust. Now, here's the question for you, Luke, though. This is the big question. Actually, no. Okay. First, okay. I just want to say I'm so glad that my crystal ball still works because I got into <laughs> I got into an argument with someone in YouTube comments, which is a very stupid place to 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 argue with people because you'll find all yes. sorts there uh, where they yeah. basically said, no, no, the crypto won't crash this time. GPU pricing is never getting better. And I'm like, please, it'll it'll crash. It'll get better. Yeah. There you go. It is what it is. Um, so I was right. My crystal ball still works, which is fantastic. Now, here's my question for you, Luke. Yeah. Do you buy the dip this time? Personally, no. For, for, for crypto? Nope. You're not going to buy any? Not personally. Are you? I, man, it's tempting. It's tempting. Because there's just, there's such... There's this just amazing, clear pattern of behavior. Clear pattern of behavior. Yes. Boom, bust, yep. boom, bust, boom, bust, boom, bust. I just, oh man, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I, and I, I see it too. I just, um, I bought an apartment a few years ago and I find it very satisfying to pay it off. Ah, so you're going with the, you know what? As investments go, BC real estate ain't a bad one so far for yeah. you. Yeah, and it's very, it's very like, it's also, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of like huge financial risk, as you probably know, and as the land show probably knows. Um, so paying off I believe the place the term you is live cheap in. Um, yeah, 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 there you go. Um, <laughs> paying off the place that you live in, uh, it, see, especially in this climate feels like a very uh like high return investment for one and then for two yeah. it it just it feels good it feels safe my payments go down like if if i have a bad month which isn't really a thing that happens because i have um stable gainful employment um but if i was to for some reason it would be more comfortable you know for sure yeah uh, i wouldn't have to like sell off all these assets and stuff i just i'm okay I have my place. I've put a lot of money into it. I can pull money out of it. It's it's just it's very stable, and I I like that personally. Uh, but I could, if someone was to buy the dip, yeah. um, it would make a lot of sense to me. It's just not my play personally. Not your jam. Not your jam. Yeah, I get yeah, it. I yeah, get it. Yeah. Um, so the hookup just uh, sent a sent a message in the chat. Uh, yo, man, I it's a miracle. I saw this thing by the way. Um, said did the shortage delay the production release of the next series will there be a 4080 before you can buy a 3080 at msrp it's a really good question and it's one that people have been talking about a fair bit um realistically there's no way that the shortage delayed the r d of 
the upcoming NVIDIA and AMD GPUs. I mean, that's something that is, NVIDIA and AMD, they're playing a game that is, they're playing a game that, it, that is, it, it's, it's on the order of years, not on the order yes. of, you know, yeah. how consumers think. You know, I'm buying a, I'm buying a PC in, in two months. You know, that's about as, as far forward thinking as most consumers are, are going to be. Or they might think, okay, next generation consoles is sort of a best case scenario I could think of in terms of consumer planning. Um, you know, next generation right. consoles are coming next year. You know, I could in see... In one to two years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I don't, maybe I don't buy a whole bunch of games for my current gen console. Though in the case of Microsoft, I think they've done a pretty good job of, uh, you know, forward and backward compatibility. Forward compatibility. At the very least. But maybe you don't get that, like fancy new controller because you know there's going to be new controllers with the next exactly um, console version or whatever else you're not going to heavily invest in your current platform yeah, yeah. exactly so um you know i i don't see it affecting r d but we have seen in the past we have seen it affect the release schedules for products sure yeah absolutely because if nvidia can get you know if they're going to spend a billion dollars or whatever uh you know creating a next generation gpu architecture if they can make back $4 billion instead of $3.5 billion or whatever the numbers work out to be. If they can make another you know, half a billion dollars on that investment, why wouldn't they if there's absolutely no competitive reason for them to, to release the, the next-gen GPU? Now, there are still reasons to keep releasing GPUs when you have no competition. Otherwise, NVIDIA wouldn't have done it at all for <laughs> quite a long period of time there. Um, because <laughs> they really just didn't have any competition. But being able to resell to the same customer, I mean, that's what drove innovation in the in the computer space for so long. Being oh, yeah. able to drive people on this, you know, yearly or bi-yearly or tri-yearly upgrade cycle. I mean, that's why... Basically, you... no more than three. There was, there was even, like, yeah. fairly not super into tech families that, that I used to know that used to live on more or less a three-year cycle. Every three years, they'd get a new family desktop. Exactly. Like so yeah. there's two there's two kind of ways of looking at it. On the one hand, you want to get you want to reach as much saturation with each generation you invest in as possible to get the most out of that investment. But then number two is you don't want to wait so long that your loyal customers who come and buy from you with this regular cadence just go and buy a a mountain bike instead, right? Because they're gonna if they have that kind of disposable income, you want to capture it. And if you don't come out with something new, you're not going to capture it. So both, both of those are, are factors that they have to consider. So yeah. I would say it could delay it. I would be surprised if it delays it more than six months to a year, though, because NVIDIA wants to take those, those customers that run out and buy a 3090 or two 3090s. There's got to be a reason they kept SLI on that thing, right? Those customers who buy that thing, NVIDIA wants to sell them a, a 90 or two Every time, you know, <laughs> bring it on. Those are those are great customers from NVIDIA's yeah. perspective. Yeah, I, I guess that's probably, I'm sure this term is used in more industries than the mobile gaming industry. Yeah. I'm sure that's like NVIDIA's whales. Is Your like whales. The, the people that buy like a, a 90 or two every generation. Yep. Yeah, you want to you keep those whales happy, dude. Yeah, it's a good island. It's a good island full of good people. Yeah, yeah. Got to keep whales happy. All right, so <laughs> we got to... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's terrible. Uh, we're we're going to jump right into our next big topic here. Uh, U.S. President Joey B. has signed a, uh, or is planning, excuse me, 
is planning on directing the FTC to create new right-to-repair rules that are primarily aimed at allowing members of the agricultural industry to more effectively repair their own equipment on site. Now, this is one of those things where I feel like this is a good thing and I want to I want to applaud, but instead okay. I'm not going to applaud because not enough. I'm just gonna withhold my because it is terrible that this took so long it's terrible okay i'm gonna applaud a little okay okay yeah, I, yeah i'm yeah, gonna yeah, applaud yeah, a little yeah this you, you do ha you do have to cheer especially with with rotating leadership you do have to cheer the eventual success of something i i totally do agree with you uh we talked about the john deere thing years ago yep. on on wan show um it should this should have happened a very long time ago um the fact that you're not letting a like it's it seems like the the do it your like farmers must be very very high on the do it yourself chain not letting them fix something themselves seems ridiculous and um, so it, the fact that this took so long is crazy i mean the fact that the fact that right to repair like this is something a lot of consumers even ones who oppose right to repair don't seem to understand or like maybe just nobody's ever explained it to them or they just never really like thought about it this way is right to repair already exists and you already love it in the automotive industry. This legislation that forces automotive manufacturers to support their products for a certain amount of time to create systems and networks of parts supply to independent repair shops, this freaking legislation already exists and it already is a pure benefit to consumers it generates more competition and it generates more consumer choice lowering prices that is what it's all about and so people who like maybe it's it's just i i don't know what it is maybe for a lot of mainstream people they look at electronics and they just go oh i don't know this is a mysterious it's a mysterious black mirror how, how could we possibly expect an independent repair shop to to repair this correctly. Well, if you don't provide any of the f***ing diagnostic tools and any of the diagrams they need, you can't. It's not reasonable. But if you force them to do it like you do in the automotive industry, then you can expect them to repair it just fine. There's a lot of perfectly competent, very smart, steady-handed people that can absolutely repair just about anything about a cell phone other than a mainboard. Even some of them can do a bang up job of repairing things on main boards if manufacturers yeah. weren't intentionally putting barriers in place. And so what I am hoping is that for those people that that kind of see electronics as like this black box that consumers and and independent repair uh, repair shops shouldn't be able to touch. I'm hoping that this is a step in the right direction. It's just it's mind blowing to me that this took so long. Though. We've already got this for cars. Why was tractor such a long, such a, such a far step? It, it feels like it would be the first one. It feels like it would come before cars, personally. How but, did yeah. that? How did this happen? How how is a car not just how? Or excuse me, how is a tractor not just a big heavy duty car? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. It's not. It's, little, it's not. It's a little more to it than that. But yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you. But you guys understand what I mean. They often have like more accessible, like those, uh, I don't know, I don't want to get into this because I could be totally wrong, but I was going to say they often have more accessible engine compartments and stuff too that you would think are made that way so that they can be repaired more easily by the people using them. Um, 
that always seemed true to me through observation. I could be completely wrong, but yeah, I don't know. It's the, the, the whole John Deere thing is, has seemed very weird to me the whole time. The only thing that makes me sad about this whole uh, situation is that it, it says primarily aimed uh, at allowing a, a members of the ag agriculture industry to more effectively repair their own equipment on site. That's fantastic. Yeah. It says primarily aimed at that. Is it going to properly cover the rest? Probably not. No, and that's, but that's concerning. I'm hoping it's moving in the right step direction. in the right direction. Yes, yes. For those I hear who, that. I just hope the next step doesn't take five years. For those who aren't familiar with the John Deere situation, basically the equipment has been increasingly designed in such a way where many mechanical problems that used to be trivial to fix with tools and spare parts now require an authorized service technician and specialized software. And John Deere's justification for this is, well, it's so much more complex. This is the new era of agriculture and it's so smart. No, 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 no. You just want more money. Stop, stop, stop. Because there's absolutely no reason why you couldn't just create very cheap, effective uh, programs to, to train small shops or to train individual farmers on how to do this stuff themselves. Assuming uh, that highly crafty farmers can't fix your more complex system uh, is, is, is the wrong bet and you're a jerk. Have you seen, <laughs> have you seen some of the high-tech farming videos on YouTube? They're crazy, actually. They're really right? <laughs> good on an interesting rabbit hole. They're really impressive. Right? Um, yeah, but and like and you know what? If they can't fix it, having a service uh, that you can provide that can fix it for them, uh, if they if they are not technically able, is is great. Why not? Sure. But that's cool. exactly where antitrust and anti-monopoly laws come in because you're not supposed to be able to lock out a competitor. You're supposed yes. to have to provide that, or you, not you don't have to provide a service to fix your tractors, I guess, but you're you supposed should. to. You should. And when you provide that service, you're not supposed to be able to take advantage of your position as a monopoly to push out any competition and jack up the prices. But that's what you're effectively doing if you're only if you're controlling your entire certification process and making it so that you're the only one who's allowed to touch it. So according to a Bloomberg report, the new set of rules that may be pushed is also expected to mention defense contractors and mobile phone manufacturers and will be aimed at combating measures that companies like Apple and Microsoft have in place that actively work against consumer choice and repair. We don't have any guarantee of any of that yet. So the executive order is signed, but I believe it just directs the FTC to create new rules. Um, really interesting to see that the FTC is taking a bit more of a transparent approach to things. Um, it was fascinating reading the interviews um, about that entire process. They held their first like open open doors uh, public meeting in like decades or something like that. And uh, some of the members were real upset about that. It's like, no, actually, consumers should know what the uh, what the FTC is working on. Um, it's like kind of the whole point. Uh, the executive order is designed to do a greater problem. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, man, I'd love I'd love to see this. Just medicine would be another space where. Like the amount of waste, the amount of resource waste that ultimately gets passed along to the consumer that goes on in medicine, uh, especially in America, man, I feel for my American brothers out there, you guys, like imagine having a super expensive healthcare system, like, and still having to pay for it. Like, I just don't, <laughs> I don't get it. 
I don't get it. It's it like it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing to me. Um, I I remember like my 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 first sort of oh wow I'm you know I'm I'm glad it's not like that here moment was uh, my mom talking about a friend of hers uh, from the states who had like her arm was like kind of bent at at a weird angle and you know my mom had known her for a while and, and finally asked her she went like hey what what is up with that and they kind of went oh well I broke my arm when I was a kid and my family couldn't afford to get it set. And kind of like shrugged. And my mom was like, what? Are you kidding me? To be clear, our system, not perfect. Absolutely not perfect. But I mean, the idea that, uh, you know, I actually had uh, an acquaintance of mine whose uh, daughter's child was born with some some horrifying condition that involved like three surgeries. And uh, now we're knock on wood because so far so good now we're we're back to normal uh basically they didn't pay a dime and i was i was extremely proud of the taxes that i pay that made something like that happen the idea of small yeah. children having broken arms that don't get put in casts is horrifying to me yes um, so if that makes me a filthy commie then you can color me con color me red baby <laughs> color me red um all right let's talk about uh oh you know what? Let's color me green first. Got to make that. Got to make that sponsor oh, money very somehow. Nice. Very nice. By chance, are you a business owner that loves logistics and order management? Probably not, and that's why there's ShipStation. They make it easy to manage your orders and get your products out the door, so you can get back to doing what you actually love: managing your business. ShipStation is a top choice among online sellers. You can import orders from any sales channel, ship with any carrier using their discounted rates, and automate just about any shipping task. It's no wonder why 100,000-plus online sellers choose ShipStation. Several small businesses that we work with use them for all their shipping needs. No matter how you sell, Shopify, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation will funnel all your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere, even your cell phone. You'll even get access to amazing discounts with major carriers, including UPS, FedEx, and USPS. Easily compare carriers and choose the best solution every time. Ship more in less time using our offer code WAN to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in WAN. Make ship happen. Now, back to the show. All right. Why don't we, uh, why don't we move on and get on with the show here? Uh, right. Oh, we got to talk about Nintendo Switch. Not pro. Not pro. Yeah. Now people are mad. Some people are mad. Some people are mad. People you know are pretty what? Mad. I got a hot take. I got a hot take. So I want you to run run us through the news, Luke, and then I'm gonna hit you with a mad okay. hot take. We had there was lots of rumors of a new Switch Pro. There's lots of rumors of of, yeah. of different controller layouts, different controllers in general. Uh, I, I remember even reading one that was literally just about the kickstand. Oh wait, Luke, been can I interrupt? Can I interrupt for one second? Oh sure. wait, actually, yes. no, never mind. I'm not gonna mention it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm so okay. sorry. I shouldn't have done that um <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's been uh better more advanced tegra processors there's been higher resolutions there's been uh a dock that increases the performance of the switch there's been lots and lots and lots of rumors what we got is uh pretty much the same thing but with a better screen no controller changes no performance changes uh msrp of 350 yeah that's it Coming in October. Not really a Switch Pro. But yeah, available in October. You get a better screen. Um, there's more. 
okay, okay. I actually didn't know this part. The new dock does have an Ethernet port for LAN. All right. Um, that sounds fine, I guess. I don't know. I didn't find the wireless to be a problem, but I, I'm not going to say no. Hey, Might when you're well downloading big games, it's, yeah. if you want to play right now, yeah, like I, sure. I bought I bought a USB dongle for mine. I, it's wired. I just, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah, wireless basically, not? right? Yeah. So. Standard switch fits the new dock just fine, which means the new dock is going to be a separate accessory as well, almost certainly. And you could buy that if you wanted to for some reason. Um, I I bought a, a custom dock for mine because it was very cheap, but it's just small and has, has basically no yeah. um, vertical height so that it doesn't scratch the screen and stuff, which is cool. Um, other improvements include an adjustable stand, enhanced audio, more storage, and it comes in white um, up from 32 gigs to 64 gigs. Enhanced audio is very light on details, so I have to wait and see how that pans out. The same Joy-Cons are being used. I think this is the main complaint. As far as I can tell, most of the frustration comes from the same Joy-Cons being used. Uh, you can still get them fixed by Nintendo, but, I mean, it's pretty frustrating having your Joy-Con drift super rough and then needing to, like, ship off one of your controllers and not really be able to play without buying another really expensive controller. Um, it's, there's a note saying the Switch Pro might still be happening later. I suspect it is. Um, Nintendo is a huge fan of like many incremental little improvements, especially when they have something that's working. Um, and the switch is definitely working. Um, and while people have been super excited about the switch pro, I haven't heard a ton of people talking about like, man, I wish my switch was like twice as powerful, bro. Um, or necessarily even complaining about the resolution. Like the resolution is really low. Sure. But I personally haven't heard a ton of complaints about the resolution on the Switch. Um, those just aren't the core complaints that I find the core audience of Nintendo users have. Um, so it's interesting. That being said, personally, still excited for a Switch Pro, and I would love those things. But yeah, I think I think they are probably catering to the majority of their audience um, by fixing the screen which is a very noticeable thing on the Switch, and not fixing pretty much anything else, and thus keeping their profits very high, uh, which is something that Nintendo is an extreme fan of. But yeah, what's your take? My hot take? I love it. I'm going to buy one on launch day. Really? Yep. When I, when I had my wisdom teeth pulled out, um, that was when I finally caved and bought a Switch because I knew that I was going to be stuck in bed with nothing to do for like two days. Um, I had the, okay, sure. it was the bottom ones out. Um, it was, it was like, my dentist told me like, look, you're, you're not doing anything, dude. This is, this is going to be pretty rough. I had to really get in there. Um, and so I, I finally caved. I finally bought a switch when I knew I was going to be stuck on my back for two days. I pulled it out of the box and I went, wow, this screen looks like dog. Uh, even back then it sucked. Uh, never mind OLED. It's a bad LCD. There's a huge air gap, uh, which is which is sloppy, cheap garbage. Even back then, because you guys yes. got to remember, yep. you could get replacement screens for like a Nexus Seven tablet. You know, pretty nice IPS display. That's like ten years ago. You could get them for like twenty bucks, right? Like the fact that Nintendo on this four hundred dollar Canadian console had this garbage tier screen was always completely unacceptable to me. And it's really the only 
problem that I've okay the the uh, actually no the on on the plane on the plane the kickstand was a real problem for me as well. Those are the only two problems I have ever had with my Switch. I've had absolutely no Joy-Con drift, although I am pretty careful with them, uh, and I'm not a super heavy player, so that's something to note. Um, a little bit more storage is like, yeah, sure. I mean, the fifty dollar price hike. Yeah, I mean, SD card for more for like more storage is not that different from what you'd get on like a phone or whatever so you could just consider this a 64 gig switch as far as i'm concerned and then getting a larger oled display is like man i'm on that so fast so fast i've seen a lot of people upset with my take because i I did post this on twitter as a response to anthony's tweet Um, i've seen a lot of people upset with me because i don't seem to care about the performance aspect of it you know what i'm I I I don't actually. And here, okay. And I, is... I would heavily argue that the the majority of Nintendo's audience does not either. And and here's another here's another kind I of hot take. I consider the fact that Nintendo has stuck has has maintained continuity here with the same Tegra processor. I actually think that's a good thing. Because what it means for people who are performance gaming enthusiasts who want to game at 60 FPS or higher is that we're going to get even a larger catalog of Switch games to enjoy on Switch emulators that will be able to upscale those games, run at higher refresh rates. So if you're an actual PC enthusiast, you should give exactly zero oh my goodness. about any of this and <laughs> just go, okay. Well, great. This means a deeper catalog of Switch games. We don't have to completely redesign the emulators that have already been in, in progress for four years to accommodate all these new games that might have might have needed a ton of work if it was a Tegra Pro whatever. I don't know. I guess we'll, you know, we'll find... It probably we'll, would have. Probably would have required a bunch more work. What do you still play on Switch? Uh, most recently, I played through Bravely Default 2. It's not a very good game. But... I was going to say... Uh... I didn't think you even liked. <laughs> I, I didn't really. I did. I did end up grinding my way to the end, though. I finished it uh, okay. last week. Yeah, or earlier okay. this week. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not a very. It's not but, a very good. But game. you you are still actively using your Switch. Is is effectively what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll probably play Breath of the Wild too. So that's you know. You told you said you weren't. I know, but I I lied. I'm gonna buy. I it. thought so I'm too. Buy it. I didn't I play the DLC, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play the new game. I'll play the new game. I often don't play DLCs. Yeah. Um, if DLCs were still like Frozen Throne, then I would. But oh, what a great these game. days when they're often like, oh, it's like a it's like a one to three hour at a maximum if it's a large DLC adventure that you can go on. Um, it's like okay, I'm gonna have to like remember how to play this game that I haven't played in half a year <laughs> just to do this like one mission, and I. The story probably felt concluded, and now it's just weird. It's just, I don't know. Oh, this Anyways. is great. Uh, Mario Madness says Mario Golf recently. Yeah, apparently that's really good. I think I might pick it up. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. I just, uh, you know, I would, uh, Mott says Breath of the Wild had leg spikes. Absolutely it did. It doesn't run yes. perfectly. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just over it. Maybe I, I, I just got over it. I just don't care anymore. So, yeah, and, and like, like I said multiple times, I would like a higher performance Switch. I would like a, a baller Switch Pro. I think that would be very cool. I think I'm not the majority of the Nintendo audience. Um, well, they, they kind of did that to, once. You have to keep that in perspective. They basically made that product once. It's called the Wii U. It was a Wii on steroids that got new games. 
Yeah. It didn't work. No one cared. Yeah. Nope. I think there was other reasons why people didn't care. Oh, yeah. I know. I know the marketing for it was terrible. There were a lot of reasons the Wii U was a failure. But my point is, if I'm Nintendo, uh, that, strat, that strat of, you know, the, the yeah. same thing but, like, more powerful. Who cares? They've always they, they, they have to understand that they're... By and, not doing and I that. think... Yeah. And I think the Nintendo audience, like, a lot of the games that they like are not super performance heavy. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it takes artistic styles that look often quite beautiful in, in ways... Um, but yeah. aren't super performance heavy because they're not going for realism. So they just need like a really nice screen and it's fine. Yep. I'm so excited for the OLED screen. I'm going to, and you know, what's great is because I have a gen, like I have a launch uh, switch. I can probably mm. get a pretty decent price for it because it's, it should be hackable or whatever. Um, gotcha. Uh, so yeah, I think I have an exploitable switch, so I'm going to sell it. I'm going to buy the new switch, uh, OLED and I'm going to just pay for all my games and everything will be good. I'm excited. Cool. All right. This is pretty, oh, oh, you know what, man, we should have transitioned into this topic from the right to repair executive order. Uh, Google's play store is under fire. Cause I was, I was explaining the difference Mm. between, uh, man, I ended up in a really stupid argument on Twitter over this one as well. Uh, people just don't seem to fundamentally um, be fu- not people. Some of, some of you like if you understand what it is, don't don't take offense, you guys. But you can't deny that there are a lot of people out there who don't fundamentally understand what anti-monopoly and antitrust laws are and why they exist and how they are there for your protection as a consumer. Um, Google's response to this, to this, uh, antitrust lawsuit that's being brought about by 36 states attorneys general is hilarious. And it kind of says everything you need to know about the new, uh, non don't be evil era Google in a blog post responding to the lawsuit. Google says it's strange that a group of state attorneys general chose to file a lawsuit attacking a system that provides more openness and choice than others. This complaint mimics a similarly meritless lawsuit filed by the large app developer Epic Games, which has benefited from Android's openness by distributing its Fortnite app outside of Google Play. Okay. So the fact that you're more open and provide more choice than Apple (laughs) is a low bar. It's not a major accomplishment. That is not... No one is applauding you. (laughs) That is not the stick that... We that you need to be measured by. Uh, so let's go through what's happening here. Um, in a lawsuit filed in California court on Wednesday, 36 states and Washington, D.C. challenged Google's Play Store policy, forcing developers to pay a 30% commission fee on sales made in their apps. So this mirrors the Epic v. Apple, um, and with less notoriety, the Epic v. Google lawsuits. This is the fourth antitrust lawsuit launched against the company by U.S. government enforcers in the last year. It's about freaking time. The lawsuit alleges that Google forced anti-competitive strategies on Samsung, attempting to buy off the company to limit competition from the Samsung Galaxy App Store. Uh, So they, (laughs) like turning the Galaxy Store into a white label for the Google Play Store, sharing the back end and billing while keeping a different face. Okay, that's not what Samsung wanted. They wanted to maintain their independence from you, uh, which is exactly what antitrust laws are supposed to allow them to do. 
Um, they also allege that Android is now open source in name only. Uh, this yep. is on account of the fact that the Google certified version runs on over 99% of smartphones with licensed mobile OSs. So if it's a Google certified version that is not all open source, then you, you can't just say Android's open source. It's not that simple. And tech enthusiasts have known that for a long time. There's a big difference between AOSP and the Android that you run on your smartphone. Um, a new Google policy, so sorry, it also alleges a new Google policy will require developers of streaming services to pay Google 30% on subscriptions purchased through the app if they want to make that available, or that they be streaming only with no reference to where a user can sign up. Now, as you can imagine, Luke and I have some personal experience with yeah. what that's like for an app developer. Um, you know what? Google and Apple should absolutely be allowed to provide a payment portal. Um, they should absolutely be allowed to yeah. help app developers with their payment processing. But by making it 30% and by not allowing you to use anything else, they are effectively... It's mostly the not allowing to, uh, you to use anything else and not allowing you to have that one cost more. Because if, if we could just price adjust it, like if, if paying through the Google Play Store yeah. was just uh, exactly the difference of cost to us for the payment processing, yeah. um, then sure, of course, why not? If you would prefer to pay that way, if it's easier for you, the cost is low enough that you don't really care. Um, great. Doesn't matter to me, but when it costs us more and we're trying to like divvy out to creators and do all this other kind of stuff, in a lot of situations, it makes it like the, the Apple one made it a literal zero cent transaction. Like we made nothing. Yeah. Um, and that just doesn't make any sense at all. And it's so frustrating. And and one of these things, like they, they mention a streaming only app, right? Like, oh, that doesn't sound too bad. We could have a full plane viewer app. You can't yeah. subscribe through it or whatever on the store. Like, okay, I can kind of understand that, except that's not all that it is. They don't let you contact support properly through the app because they don't, and they, and they don't allow you to have FAQs and all this other kind of stuff, or at least that's how it was on the Apple side of things. Apple's been changing yeah. things. I might not be 100% on top of it right now, but they don't let you do those things because you could include references to a way to subscribe through those things. Like if you linked to an FAQ that was on your website, or if you did anything like that, if you linked them out of that app at all to any other resources that could potentially suggest subscribing in a different way. Yeah. Um, even if it doesn't, that's against the rules. So it, it ends up being extremely anti-user and anti-consumer to the point where as a, as a app developer, you don't even want to do it at all because it's just so frustrating for the user experience and you end up getting tons of usually tweets complaining about it because they can't figure out how to officially contact your support because you're not allowed to link it properly. And that's just bonkers. I don't know. So someone on Twitter said, well, I mean, is this really abusing consumers? Maybe if Netflix decided to dump the extra cost incurred by Google's processing fee on the consumer, it would, but I doubt they'll do that. I read this tweet and my palm just about traveled all the way through my face, grabbed my brain, <laughs> went out the back of my head and flushed my brain down the toilet. What would what what could possibly possess you to think that Netflix will not pass this cost along to the consumer? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, 
you know, and then someone else said, so what? So every store is antitrust. There's nothing unfair about what Apple or Google are doing. You can subscribe to these services via the web, then download the app and log in. All they're stopping you from doing is advertising that fact via the Play and App Stores, like every shop. Okay, so the difference is that they are monopolies. Okay, they're a duopoly. Fine, whatever. You want to you wanna sort of split hairs like that, we can. The fact that they are a monopoly means that they are not allowed to behave this way. If there was a, an actual competitive ecosystem for mobile devices or for app stores, remember, that's what Epic Games is arguing, that there should be a competitive ecosystem for alternate app stores, which would force Apple and Google to respond to complaints that their fees are too high and be competitive with other app stores, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's like the whole thing. The fact that they are a monopoly is what makes the behavior bad. If they weren't a monopoly, then it would be fine. So that's why Epic is making that argument. To be clear, Epic is not some kind of uh, noble, you know, just doer of good deeds. They absolutely are out to make money, but they're also not wrong. The fact that they're out to make money does not make their point invalid. Um, the lawsuit also alleges that Google requires OEMs to pre-install a suite of Google proprietary apps and make it impossible to delete or remove many of them. Also, that they provide preferential placement on devices' home screens. So in 2009, Google required pre-installation of as many as a dozen apps. By 2013, it was two dozen, and now it is up to 30 apps. And you know what? The reality of it is most Google apps I wouldn't actually want to remove from my phone. I mean, I love... Google Maps. I love Gmail. But what if I didn't? Yeah. It is anti-consumer for me to not be able to remove crap I don't use from my device. Extremely. And you can make your product competitive. I love Google Maps and I'm going to keep using it. That's fine. But How you would you feel if McAfee antivirus, um, RIP, was, was pre-installed on your computer and you couldn't remove it? If McAfee... The McAfee antivirus removal tool does not exist anymore, and it is a permanent feature on your computer. If, Mac... if McAfee antivirus tool is great, and I want to use it anyway, then I'm perfectly happy. If it's not, because, be. because McAfee... Even uh... if it was the best option around, I would want the possibility to remove it, for sure. Oh, I'm sorry. I was answering as like a general consumer. So I'm okay. looking at this from sort of like the, the bigger picture. As long as it's great you don't really run into problems. But what happens is when a monopoly uses its position as a monopoly to just have their product be the default, regardless of how good or bad it is, it tends to degrade in quality. So eventually, yes. even though you might not feel like this is a problem today because you love Gmail and you love Google Maps or whatever else, eventually, if Google behaves this way and stifles competition on its platform, it will be a problem. Oh, so, uh, um, yeah, Google's response is typical, just, uh, honestly, it's kind of evil. They're just pretending they don't even see the problem. They absolutely see the problem. Everything they did here was absolutely intentional and they fully understand what they're doing. And I hope that the United States government finally starts doing something about antitrust. I mean, it is hilarious to look at this stuff and compare it to how Microsoft was treated over Internet Explorer. Like, what? 
if I'm if I'm Microsoft, I would be outraged that Google and Apple get away with what they do. What? Because they're like cooler or something? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand it. Yeah, everybody's just numb to it. I think I think I think the government and we've talked about this a bunch. I think the government got gun shy after Microsoft. Uh, Mira TV says the U.S. won't do anything because most of their money comes from those companies. No, it doesn't. You know that there's a whole other thing where they don't pay any tax and stuff, right? <laughs> they, like, they don't. Now, indirectly, sure, they employ a lot of people and create a lot of money moving around for the economy. Absolutely, for sure. But it's not like they're going to stop doing that all of a sudden because the U.S. government steps in and starts actually enforcing their antitrust and anti-monopoly laws. Uh, Kasama says, I paid more taxes than Amazon. And they're a Twitch viewer scrub. So, like, it can't be a lot of money. <laughs> no offense. No offense. I love our viewers on Twitch. It's just that I love the float plane and YouTube ones more. <laughs> Especially float plane. Um, hey. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So this is funny. They pay. So float plane is clarifying. Well, okay. But they do pay money to politicians and pay for their campaign ads. Hey. Ah, yes, that. Okay. True. I thought you meant actually funding like the government. Uh, Metal Gabby uh, says. Yeah. People in float plane keep on saying that there's going to be a $20 super chat if I say it's Luke time. Uh, so I just said it. Now you have to pay $20 super chat. So there we go. Cool. Very nice. You know that I take the money, right? Yeah. No, no, I know you know. I just, oh, I, I hope yeah. they know. I hope they understand yeah, yeah. that. Okay, yeah. Luke gets paid the same regardless. You get yeah. to see his pretty face no matter how many super chats <laughs> you send him. Um, or, how, or however many you don't. He'll, Luke is Luke will still be employed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> By the way, spend that $20 on LTT store. Yeah, we've got a deal right get now. Get something for yourself. Uh, if you buy a classic 21-ounce orange LTT bottle, you get a keyboard shirt for free. The discount gets applied when you add both to the cart. So head on over there, lttstore.com, ladies and gentlemen. That's a genuinely wicked offer. It is That's a wicked awesome. offer. It's almost like there might be a next generation water bottle coming at some point. And also like the keyboard that makes shirt. Sense. The keyboard shirt hasn't sold particularly well. It's almost like we're doing that thing I said earlier, where instead of discounting the product, we're offering a bundle deal. Remember that thing I talked hey, about? It's almost like we... it's almost like I have a background in product management and merchandising. I'm surprised the keyboard shirt isn't selling well. I thought they were pretty awesome. Uh it did okay. It did okay. But there's some colors that um that totally makes sense particularly to me. Popular. Yeah. Yeah. See, we thought people were going to buy more along the lines of like repping their color of switch they like instead of just design everyone colors just that black. look nice. And everyone just bought designs that look nice. So we completely overstocked on popular switches. And yeah. well, that's okay. gotcha. so that's the thing. In other news, gotcha. um, uh, oh yeah, this is kind of this is some dystopian level stuff. I mean, it never surprises me coming out of China, but like, basically, they're using facial recognition on cameras on devices to control um, kids gaming in China. Uh, so, maximum of ninety minutes of gaming on weekdays and a maximum of three hours of gaming on weekends. And there are spending limits in games, in my opinion. That's like a good thing, but it should just be everyone, not just kids. Um, 
or there should be, I mean, ah, you know what? I don't have the answer to that industry. I don't actually know. No, no, you should be able to buy as much stuff as you want if you really want to, freedom, etc. But there's got to be a way to... Uh, there should just be parent, better parental controls, in my opinion. Well, I don't know. Okay, because like you look at something like the lotto industry, right? They have regulations. Yeah. Gambling has regulations, so it should be regulated. I just don't have the right answers, and I'm not an expert in, in that field. Uh, but basically, you're... Oh, right. Because, sorry, I don't buy these things, so I sometimes forget they kind of exist. I guess the spending money on games, they're talking about loot boxes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, I would be completely fine personally, and maybe some people will hate me for this, but I, yeah, just call it gambling and don't allow minors to do it at all. I don't care about spending limits, just ban it. It's uh, gambling. It is. Like, I just... Alex, you want it... something generally. Most games that have them, you're not allowed to buy something specifically. Some games, yes, but a lot of games that have them, you have to buy the loot boxes and hope. And that's gambling. That's I, gambling. Yeah. Anyways, anyway. Alex put in here, Linus, as a parent, would you want to have your kids' gaming time limited like this? Well, I don't understand why it needs to be facial recognition. And the problem here is that the state is stepping in and that it's not a parent controlling it. Like, I do have screen time limits on my kids' devices, absolutely. Uh, but I don't need facial recognition because they're my children and I know where they are and what they're doing because they're my freaking kids and I'm able to make that decision. If I decide, you know what, you know, great job, uh, you know, winning your badminton tournament, um, you got a ton of exercise this weekend because you played a tournament, you can play video games for however long today. Like, you, that's... Can, you can relax on Sunday or whatever, yeah. Exactly, sure. exactly. Like that's my decision and the state stepping in and making it for me like yes i agree with limiting kids exposure to this stuff but i don't agree with my government coming in and telling me how to do it with that said it's clear that they have a problem in china with parents not enforcing screen time limits because ga gaming addiction appears to be a bit of an epidemic over there with Is that it? said is it more than it is here? Do we know that? We do, I don't know if we know that for sure, but we do know that uh, culturally very, very, very long periods of time spent gaming has been more of a norm in Asia for longer than it has been here. That we okay. do know. Um, so what we know is that there is at least this perception that it is not being taken care of by the parents. And you could point at all kinds of reasons for that. I mean, part of the problem might be the... Uh, uh, what what is it uh, what is it called the however nine nine six I want to say uh, the nine nine six working hour system uh, is blah 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 work schedule so nine a.m. to nine p.m. six days a week is the nine nine six working hour system in China uh, there's a lot of people there opposing it because it's like a very excessive work culture. But I would imagine that in a culture like that, if both parents are working, you might actually end up out of necessity having your kids entertained by electronic devices a lot because you're not able to actually be there spending time with them, playing non-electronic games with them. Like there's there's a thousand, and I'm not saying that's the only reason, I'm just saying there's a thousand reasons that it could be a problem. Um, so so I, don't, I don't have the solutions, but in my for my sensibilities the government stepping in and enforcing how how often and how long my kids can use electronic devices sure as heck isn't it so yeah 
That's tough, hey? 996 sounds horrible. Um, yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Especially considering commutes. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, too, different work culture. Like when we went and visited OnePlus's factory, there were dorms like on site. So that you can 996 that would, your way to the top. That would make a little bit more sense, probably, to be honest. Yep. Just because like certain commutes, like, I, I mean, where we're from, it's not even that uncommon to have an hour long commute. If you add two hours on top of that, that's 11 hours a day. Like, whew. that's not 11 hours, 14 hours a day. Big yikes. Yep. So, um, got people saying very easy for people not living in a culture to criticize how another culture operates. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying that that could be one of the reasons that the government is stepping in to take care of this because people are literally not there to take care of it themselves. Um, there you go. Uh, what else we got here? Ah, uh, yes, my new house challenges. There have been some challenges. So I actually shot a video there today, kind of walking through some of this stuff. So I'm gonna, you guys are getting uh, an early preview of some of this stuff. But basically what I'm realizing is that as we go through and renovate some stuff, um, this is gonna be my only opportunity with some of the drywall pulled off to run any cabling through the walls and through the floors that I want. So while I'm not a big smart home kind of guy, I've definitely done more research on it lately, and I've found that there's some things that could probably make me more of a smart home guy. Like, for example, if I change out all my light switches now for... I found a GE one that is both a light switch and a motion sensor, and I tie all of it into Home Assistant along with a per zone HVAC system, I could make it so that in the summer, my air conditioning only turns on in rooms that are occupied. That's pretty cool. I could totally get into something like that. Like, why am I, if my kids are dum-dums and leave their air conditioning on, why am I air conditioning their bedroom for, you know, eight hours, nine hours while they're at school and their, you know, lessons or whatever else? That's, that's ridiculous. It's totally stupid. And so I'm kind of looking at it going, oh boy. Um, so maybe I do, maybe I do want to do some of this stuff. Uh, this is also my only opportunity to figure out, okay, where are my Wi-Fi access points going? Do I want to do access control? Where are security cameras going? So one of the big challenges that I've run into is that the, uh, the heating is handled by a, a 10 zone water boiler system. So it's called a hydronic system. So there's water running through the floors that's heated and then the heat um, just radiates off the floors and heats the entire house that way. It's super cool, it's super efficient. The problem is that there's 10 thermostats, each of which only has two wires going to them, which are a very basic, literal, actual mercury in a tube that literally actually rolls from one side of the tube to the other side of the tube to open or close a switch. <laughs> Um, to call for heating or cooling to that zone. So if I wanted to install some kind of smart thermostat in there that would have the capability to also communicate with an AC system and maybe even, you know, smart controlled dampers so you could put different zones on your AC system, I would have to run 10 thermostats worth of wiring through the walls or I'd have to find a thermostat that is a smart thermostat that can just take power off of those lines 
and do all of its communication via Zigbee or Z-Wave back to a hub, back to Home Assistant, and then communicate with the uh, the smart valves on the boiler system, and then with the AC as well as with the smart uh, dampers in the in the ducts for the AC system, and all this stuff. And I'm just, dude, I am so overwhelmed. I am completely people out of are, my depth. People are asking if Brian the electrician is going to make a appearance again. Oh, I'm sure Brian will end up here at some point or another. But we're actually having most of this done. Uh, just with like a, a a single point of contact contractor because there's a ton of stuff that we're that we're doing at the new place. Yeah, you're doing lots of different things. That makes sense. Yeah. So there's gonna definitely be some Brian the electrician stuff because one of the things I've asked the general contractor to arrange is water cooling tubes that go from the mechanical room to outside the house. Can you can you think of what I might do with those? No way. Whole home rack water cooling. I'm totally going to do it. I'm going to do it right this time, though. Outside the house, are you geothermaling? So if we were were changing the landscaping in the front yard, I would totally bury a coil. And I would totally do that. But no, Uh, I'm probably just going to do it kind of like we did at the Langley Langley office. And... uh, yeah it's not mixed metals this time and it's gonna be awesome uh yeah well it wasn't mixed metal oh yeah it was mixed metals that was the problem yes no no stainless steel it should have been fine if that stupid thing from princess auto was actually stainless steel but it wasn't um so i'm gonna do that i i want to do a um like a heat recovery system on the uh, on the server room as well, because not everything will be water cooled. Like I'm not going to water cool a network switch or whatever. So I want to create like a like a smart damper on like a duct from that room that can either kick the heat outside, or like just chuck the heat into the basement in right. the winter. Okay. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I want to do like what what else is there? Uh, no. Uh, what what some of have the you other... figured out? If you, have you figured out how many computers you can fit in that area? Uh, oh, the land, the land room downstairs. Yeah, we're gonna do five, and then a smaller station for like a laptop. So we could do up to six in there. We've got to have like probably, I guess, probably next summer. But you've got to have like a barbecue pool day that ends in a land night. I'm super down. We'll do it. I promise. That'd just be so cool. That'd be yeah. so cool. Hundred percent. Oh man. And we could. So we'd have. Oh, that's awesome. So we're gonna have. Uh, there'll be PCs in the theater room, the rec room. The um, family room, there will be two in the office, mine and Yvonne's desktops, and then there will be five ones in the LAN room. Um, is it a little overkill? Absolutely. But it also might not end up being quite that overkill. So awesome. So one of the overkill things I'm doing is I'm running conduit to almost all of those places. So instead of me having a computer in the, um, in the office upstairs and a computer in the LAN room, I could have one computer in the server rack and then I could just run fiber optic display port and fiber optic USB to both of those places, clone the display and just sit down and use my computer at either of them completely interchangeably. That would be pretty cool. Really, really cool. Another thing I could do is instead of putting the, uh, the five computers in the LAN center there, I could put a single virtualized computer, really get hardware that actually does it perfectly like every time I've done a, a two gamers, one CPU or whatever, it's been a tech demo. 
I've never actually made it perfect. But if I could get exactly the hardware that exactly works perfectly, I could do a for realsies whole land center, one CPU gaming setup. And now that they have 64 core CPUs, I mean, every one of those machines could have like 10 cores in it. <laughs> that's crazy. 12. 12. That's ridiculous. That's and awesome. I'd have four left over for Plex transcoding or whatever. So there's the more I poke around in this house and play around with the wiring, the more excited I am to do kind of crazy stuff. I talked to a solar roofing installation company today and I was like, so um, I couldn't help noticing that photovoltaic, photovoltaic cells uh, operate more efficiently when they're cool. Have you guys ever done an installation where you you like run cold water up to the roof and then uh, dissipate the excess heat into like a pool or something? They're like, no. I'm like, oh, neat. Good to know. So Sorry, I guess we'd have to forge too? our own path there. But that wouldn't that be super cool? That'd be awesome. Yeah, That'd all of this sounds awesome. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So I guess I'll need oh, a pool so then sick. if I'm going to do that. But of course, that would be super fun. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be freaking awesome. Uh, I also found this super cool thing that uh, runs on the hot side of your air conditioner. So on the condenser side of your air conditioner, it intercepts the refrigerant, um, runs it through a heat exchanger, and then dumps the heat into your pool. So you can basically heat your pool with your AC and not pay to heat your pool. That's awesome. I was like, wow. Because having is, a heated pool is sweet, but paying for a heated pool is not sweet. Not sweet. Not cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So Which great. Which is why, like, a lot of people's just for, I'm sure Linus knows, but just for some context for people that don't know, a lot of people's home pools are not heated because it's not cheap. It's, uh, yeah. Heating that massive body of water when it's not already, like, really hot out. And honestly, even when it is pretty hot, <laughs> can be difficult and expensive. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Jamal Taylor says water cooled solar GTFO lol. I, I, awesome. I think it would be pretty cool to do so. So, right. So, but as we get into ideas like that, I'm sitting here going, okay, well now I need a solar system that is, that can be, you know, piped into home assistant so that I can actually monitor whether it's actually more efficient once we water cool it and blah, 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 blah. So I'm, I don't know, man, it's, it's exciting. Um, Theorica says offsetting the cost of a heated pool. The cost of running AC is still a lot. Yeah, but you'd be running it anyway. That's the whole idea is that yeah. when the AC is running, it's heating the pool instead of heating the air around your house. You're, you're, yeah, you're harnessing previously wasted energy, essentially. It's still, it's still energy. It's still there. You're just not wasting it. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to be pumping your AC harder just so you can heat up your pool. That sounds a little ridiculous, but you're utilizing it instead. Um, all right. So, yeah, let me just see if there's any other sort of challenges that we've run into. I mean, honestly, just making all these decisions now, it's like terrifying because once we close the drywall back up, that's it. Everywhere I ran conduit, that's where there's conduit. And there's stuff that I, you know, fundamentally sort of, thousand foot view understand like you guys got to realize like i'm a generalist right like i will sometimes go and i'll i know enough to learn so i'll go and i'll learn a bunch about something and i will deploy it or i'll make my video about it and then i'll probably forget 
70% of it because I'll move on to like the next thing that I got to learn about and I got to explain to y'all. Um, so I know enough about things like home theater to know how to research it. But when I'm trying to do all this stuff at once, figuring out where all the conduits going to run, figuring out solar, figuring out just general homeowner stuff like the new roofing, figuring out the water boiler, figuring out the AC, learning home assistant, blah, blah, blah. When I'm doing all this stuff at the same time, man, my brain has just hurt this entire week, even though I've been on vacation. Uh, yeah, it's it's I got to I got to go research cell repeaters again because I did all the research for that back when we put one in the office. But. Presumably, it's changed a little bit in the last six years. So I got to go do that yes, research again. So. Yeah. yeah, I've got like one bar on the main floor and basically no reception in the in the basement. It's like, no, okay, That's yeah, we're going to let's get a cell repeater. Um, so I'm just I'm finding it pretty overwhelming to and to make all these to figure out all these things at once, like home theater. Another example. Fundamentally, yeah, I, I understand the basics. You want a projector. You want it. A certain distance away because you can only zoom so much unless you get one with interchangeable lenses but then you're spending a bunch of money you want a screen do you want an ambient light rejecting one probably not it should be fine so then maybe we can get a dark one because we've got light control of the room and okay we're gonna want we might as well wire up for atmos even if we're not gonna go you know eight dot two dot two or whatever uh, you're going to want to figure out, uh, do you want a rack for all your AV equipment? Do you want to not have a rack? Do I want to run a conduit over to the mechanical room and just have everything tucked away? Do we have a way to control turning things on and off from there? Okay, now I've got to learn more about, what is it called, CEC? Um, so now that Harmony is not a thing, otherwise I would have used IR repeaters. So it's like I know a little bit about this stuff, but getting down into the nitty gritty details of like, what part number do I order though? And exactly where is it going to mount on the wall? I'm just... Oh, I wish I didn't have to do it all at once. But the idea of doing it all at once is that you open also up all the walls, that way. get it all done, close up all the walls, and then you can move in and like actually live in your house. That's, that's kind of the idea. Uh, yeah. Vanilla Donut says, if you're going to make videos of the reno, why not let your employees help you in the research? I absolutely could. But part of the problem is that if I want all these systems to interact with each other, like if I want my my water-cooled solar panels on my roof and my water-cooled uh, condenser unit on my AC and my pool filtration and pump and heating system to all interact with each other, one person has to be in charge of figuring that out. Alert says, just Netflix and chill with the laptop in bed. I'm like, you know what? Probably not wrong. Probably not wrong. Money Mirror <laughs> says, you need to shut your head down for a little and actually relax. Right. But okay. The problem is that if I relax and then I end up like wasting, you know, $10,000, like this is a home renovation, right? The, the budget is not, we're not talking like, oh, I got to choose between the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox One Series X. Like if, I could flip the one that I didn't end up liking on Craigslist and buy the other one. Like, it's not a huge loss. They both plug into an HDMI cable. Like if I screw this up, it could, it could be a big problem. Uh, I need to yeah. water, water cool my brain. Thanks, Aurelius, for the, uh, <laughs> for the suggestion. Yeah, get right on that. Oh, oh next summer, that could be a fun project, like a portable head cooler. Yeah. Just here's like my a hat that you wear. That here's my my master plan for the cooling system. Uh, here we go. I drew it up in MS Paint. 
So you got your air conditioner okay. evap. So the cool air goes to a smart damper for airflow control. So those go to each room or zone. And then you've got your water boiler. So hot water to the floor. You've got smart temperature sensors and smart valves for flow control. Okay. And then I've only got two wires. So I put in a low voltage power source in the mechanical room. And then I want a thermostat that communicates wirelessly with the smart valve, the smart damper, and Zigbee or Z-Wave hub that goes to a server running home assistant. That, this is my ideal world. The problem is that while sort of conceptually that works, finding the actual part numbers, very difficult. And while it's very easy to find uh, an automation expert to come in and do everything for you, every automation expert is trying to sell you their thing. And if there's anything I've learned over the right. last little while working on this project, it's that there are more home automation companies than there probably are home automation deployments, okay? There are so many companies. I, I find out about a dozen more I've never heard of every day that I'm working on this. And I'm sitting here going, I have never even set foot in a, in a house or boat that is automated in any way. Who is, uh, who is actually, how do all these companies exist? All I've with their own ecosystems that don't interact with each other. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand it. So I don't, I don't want a closed system that I'm stuck with. Like there's a really cool one that I posted about um, in, a, in a YouTube community post. I, I forget what it's called now. Uh, your channel. Why, why is it so hard to get to my own community post? There's no backend tool for it. You just have to go to the public. <laughs> so stupid. Lock zone. Lock zone. Looks super cool. Super proprietary. So if lock zone, for whatever reason, doesn't exist anymore, that's it. I have a whole bunch of lock zone crap that is now e-waste. Thanks for that. And someone was uh, someone was being very sort of critical of me, saying, "Well." What are you? What are you new to tech? You expect it to be around for ten or twenty years? Uh yes. This is not a cell phone. This is a house. Yes, I expect it to exist for ten or twenty years. And if it doesn't exist, I expect it to be an open ecosystem, so I can just swap out the one that doesn't exist anymore for something that does exist and have it interact with the other stuff. Yes, I do expect that. That is not unreasonable. And if we are, have gotten ourselves to the point where we think that that's unreasonable, then we got to take a step back and evaluate people. That is not reasonable. Open ecosystems are what we should be supporting for this stuff, not things that only communicate with each other on their own closed protocol. So there you go. Um, Problems I don't have. My place is small enough that I feel like any amount of automation would be pretty much wasted and useless. <laughs> and I'm completely fine with that. <laughs> well, no, there's things that could be very helpful. Like if you were out for the day and it became very sunny, your blinds could close. Be like, hey, we don't want it to be so hot in here. Thanks. That True. would be useful. So Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I don't think I'm going to bother to do that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I seven six nine six nine X says pro automator here. We're busy AF. 
Uh, these homes definitely do exist. All right, fair enough. Uh, also, a note on C4, Crestron, closed systems. They're great for our customers because they're super reliable. And while expensive, I don't have to worry about them disappearing. Also, the customers that use them don't want to tinker. They just want us to make their system work. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But what I want to do is uh, I want to tinker with it, right? So there you go. Is what it is. Benja Martin says, I learned the hard way that having easily replaceable cables in the wall can prevent a lot of headaches. It's like, yeah, in theory, yes. But then I'm running a whole bunch of conduit now when I don't necessarily need that. I have wiring in the walls now. I just want to use smart devices to find a way to use them. Um, Civilin says, you should look at ceramic window tint for that heat problem. Uh, okay, so there you go. There's a tip for you, Luke. Anyway, uh, we've got some super chats to get through here. So why don't we do that unless we've got anything else that's a huge topic? No, it doesn't really look like it. Oh, oh my goodness. A lot of people sent super chats today. Guys, we don't really like do super chats. Um, LTT store. Yeah. yeah, those are good ways to support. Um, okay. Uh, Lewis says, uh, when are the mouse pads coming back? You guys mentioned them and I got exciting for no I got excited for nothing. They're coming back as soon as they arrive right now. Global shipping is a cluster. So they, they should have been here already, but they're not. So I don't want to promise anything. Uh, oh, Mal says with the coal shortage thing, that's, uh, because of China's trade war with Australia and them deliberately not importing Australian coal, even though there's thousands of tons of it docked in Chinese ports, right? I have heard about that. China's real mad about Australia, the Aussies. Um, uh, Kit says, is this going to affect gaming laptop prices? I wouldn't affect, expect it to affect it as much. No, uh, Joe's way. What's up, guys? Really interested in OG water cooling, like aquarium pumps, sketchy radiators, tons of cold cathode lights. Is it possible to make a blast from the past, master of the land party build, or master of the land party build blog? Um, that's not a terrible idea. We're actually planning a video uh, using a heater core for water cooling. That's what that weird car radiator strapped to the top of the case video was supposed to be. But there was a miscommunication, and we ended up with a radiator radiator instead of a heater core and a video quota to hit. So uh, that's my admission that that video was not one that I would have greenlit making at all. And I am well aware that it is not our finest work. <laughs> um, Layton says, my Linus sequin pillow got porch pirated, which is a bummer. But there's something satisfying about the thought of them getting all excited to see what they snagged, only for it to be <laughs> Linus's face on a pillow. That's pretty great. That is really great. Um, okay. Uh, Austin says, my fear is that the FTC will stop at agriculture and the anti-right-to-repair crowd will use that as evidence that right-to-repair already exists and doesn't need to expand to tech. Yeah, I think that's a big concern for everyone. Nathan says, I bought a house two months ago and living in it without water, and I have finally got water in it today. I have such a higher appreciation for water now. Um, thanks, Nathan. That is a That is a cool story bro moment if I've ever heard one. Wow. Uh, Mark Zimmerman says, hey, Linus fan since 2018. How likely do you think it is that trillion dollar system houses like uh, Samsung will just crowd out general purpose hardware manufacturers with heavily proprietary commodity devices for consumers? I mean, they already try. The good news is that there's still enough competition between them. So there's that. Um, 
All right. Uh, I think he means just, I think that last super chat is talking about silicon shortage. Oh, wait, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No? Okay. Okay. Uh, QWERTY22 says, I7-6969X here. A deal's a deal. Luke the real MVP. Sent $20. All right. So Got him. Thanks, Matt Welke. Um, Victor says, I have an old system that's showing a CPU bottleneck with a modern GPU. Should I upgrade now or wait for next gen and DDR5? I don't think we're that close to DDR5. I think it's coming like next year and we're still like six months Doesn't away. Like yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's always the question, right? Should I upgrade now or should I wait? You know what? Um, I, I would just, as long as you're not paying scalper prices, just, just go Ryzen, Ryzen 5000, man. It's, it's great. It's great. It's good stuff. Um, Josh says, Hey, I'm just wondering if your stance on sponsored showcases has changed since we got a showcase on a Tuesday in place of a normal video. I trust your ethics. Just wondering what happened. Uh, what happened was origin actually just did not weigh in at all on the content of that video. Other than that, we had to talk about the specs, which we obviously would in any video anyway. Um, they just let us completely do our thing. And I actually really enjoyed making the video. I thought it was a good video. I thought it had a lot of actually good information. Uh, it was a very honest video. Everything I said was exactly what I thought because I was just sitting there going, oh, they're sponsoring this video and they have absolutely no guidelines for it whatsoever. Okay, YOLO, here we go. I'm gonna make fun of giant laptops. I mean, they literally sponsored a video where I was like, people buy these things? <laughs> Um, so from my point of view, yes, it was a showcase in the sense that it was a fully sponsored video, but it also was just exactly what I would have said about that laptop. Um, anyway, so I uploaded it on a Tuesday uh, instead of as a Friday extra release. So that's, that's my, that's my take. Uh, thanks. Ecom graduates. Uh, hazardous says, tell Luke his stash is great. Luke, your stash is great. I get positive feedback about it significantly more than negative feedback, but I don't like it. That looks great. It's the the whiskers are just they're so long. Yeah, they're great. That's what I said. All right. <laughs> um, what else we got here? Angelo says, "Play Star Citizen with my Oregon I please." Mostly asking Luke. Linus is too much of a troll. Nah. Sorry, bro. First of all, I have my own org. UOLTT. It's a thing. Um, second of all, it's probably going to be another like six months before I touch that game. Oh, man. And then after that, it'll probably be another six months. And then after that, it'll probably be another six months. <laughs> That's probably how it'll keep going for quite a while. Um, let's see. Julian I'm fully says... not expecting Star Citizen to be in a state where I'm happy playing it consistently for probably like three, four more years. I wouldn't oh, yeah. be surprised at all. I wouldn't all. be surprised. Uh, Jolian says, bought a 40-ounce water bottle. I thought I wouldn't get it at all. It had been lost for so long. I got a refund, but I got a message from the postal office that it arrived. Here's the money back. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. Okay. Um, uh, Kirill says, Kira Hoshoro? Hirosho, Kiro Hirosho, says, did you watch the Lewis Rossman video, getting funds to put right to repair on the ballot? He also found out Steve Wozniak agrees on, with right to repair. Needs sponsors and wants to get the word spread. Uh, I think, unless it's a new one, I think I did, and I think I responded to it in a video. Um, Garfish says, I actually did water cool a solar panel as a test. I glued solar pool heating strips beneath the panel. 
Uh, temp coefficient for PV is like minus 0.25% per 1C above 25 degrees. If you can also heat your pool by cooling your solar panels. I am not familiar enough with those terms. Temp coefficient, panel temp coefficient. I don't know exactly what a panel temp coefficient is, but I'll have to... I can infer a fair bit of it. So it's like your efficiency gets 25% worse per one degree above 25 degrees Celsius. Okay, I think I fully understood it now. It just took me a sec. It's Look, it's Friday, okay? Um, so yeah, <laughs> it sounds like if we could cool them down, that would be good. Uh, okay. Blah, blah, blah. First time I was here live in a while. I'm super excited about the Mini SE review you guys did. I love my Petrol Mini. I'm glad it sounds like I won't have to switch away from them when they go all EV at the end of the decade. Yeah, the Mini, uh, the Mini, the Electric Mini is pretty, pretty cool. Pretty fun. Um, all right. What else we got here? Man, there's so many today. Okay, guys, I, I don't know. I don't think I can do any more. But hey, thanks. Great. For, thanks for watching the show. Oh, apparently the Rossman thing's new. I must have missed it. I've been completely checked out this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's new as yes. of the last couple yeah. of days, so apparently there's been some big updates. Yeah, um, definitely fully support his cause, both literally and through influence. We've sent him money. We've made videos. Uh, we're talking about it now. Guys, it's, a, it's an important cause, and it affects all of us. All of us. Uh, David Crosby sent a super chat. I'm paying just to let you know that on Bing... Floatplane is not even on the first page. I can send you a picture. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's Bing. Awesome. What do you want? Awesome. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much it. Thank you so I, I much. Do, I do appreciate that you you did like an, an, an oh, what is it called? Not archaeological. Anthropological dig to uh, to find out that in, in that weird realm of unknown space that is Bing, there is a search issue. I do appreciate that. Yeah, that was that's the Lord's work, truly. <laughs> but but seriously, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. But I, I mean, I guess it's a concern. I don't even know what we would do about it. Nice. The, well, you can do some stuff. The uh, the forums, the the LCT forum, a topic talking about floatplane is the first thing that comes up. Good job, forum. Yeah, the forum SEO is a lot better. Uh, Theorica says, well, here's the problem. Linus sent the money to Lewis Rossman instead of to Bing. Yep, I should have sent all the OnlyFans money to Bing. That would have sorted it out. True. All right, thanks True. for tuning in, guys. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye. SJ Hockey, you can just buy a pre-water-cooled GPU that has a block on it already. That, that might solve your problem. <laughs>